Hi, and welcome to Ikitapod, a podcast designed, researched, and produced by kids. I'm Miss Thompson, and I'm here with Mrs. Trepto. Hello. <laughs> we will be guiding my current fourth graders uh, while you they bring you episodes updating and informing you about the 2020 Iditarod. Woo! We are excited to be bringing you season five of Iditarod, a coverage of the 48th Iditarod. Iditarod was the brainchild of Felicity Trepto. She is a former Riverside fourth grade teacher for the DC Everest School District. Felicity was a co-teacher of mine for eight years, and we worked together on the Iditarod for about five of those years. So where are you today, Felicity? What are you up to, and how are you still connected to this podcast? Oh, good morning. First of all, can you believe fifth season? I know. It's crazy. Right. We were just looking at the stats of all of it. It's I can't believe ride. that. Yeah, and when I originally set out to do this, I, I had no intentions or even really no idea if it would be successful, or I, I probably would have been shocked to know that it's in its fifth season. So, And that's a tribute to you, to continuing oh. to to carry this project on. Um, Yes, so I'm no longer in the classroom per se as a classroom teacher. Um, I've accepted a new position. Well, not really new anymore. I'm in my third year (laughs) (laughs) as an integration specialist here for our school district, which really means that I'm just helping students and teachers to uh, be a little bit more innovative and and work in ways to use the iPad in their their instruction. Because we're one-to-one still, which is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So... Um, Our goal today is to um, just tell you a little bit about the podcast, where it came from, where we're at today, Um, as well as we have some questions from my students because um, they haven't started their season yet. Um, We are right at the beginning. The the race is this weekend, um, and they are just starting to research um, what the Iditarod looks like, and, and they don't know a lot about it, and they don't know a lot about podcasts, so it's been fun to kind of intro that, and so um, on Wednesday of last week, which was kind of like Friday for us because they didn't have school on Thursday or Friday, um, but they um, recorded some questions for us. So, hey, taking a look at some of those questions today. Um, so first, we're going to kick off with Cassie has a question for us. Miss Strepto, I want to know what influenced you to start this podcast. All right. So, what influenced me to do this podcast? Great question, Cassie. Um, you know, thinking back to when it all began, I, of course, I I love the Iditarod. I've I've always been a fan of the Iditarod. I love dogs, love adventure. And, um, in my trainings as a teacher, I had just gone through a podcast training, um, with one of the Apple professional learning specialists. And, um, you know, he had just shared about the power of that and how that could be used in the classroom. And so I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll give that a try. I'll kind of breathe some life into my winter adventure unit. Uh, we always had read Woodsong by Gary Paulson, loved that book, uh, which details his first experience running the Iditarod. And so I thought, you know what, I, I think this would be a, a great unit to try it in. In case it's not, you know, like successful, it's just one unit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like risk an entire school year. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I decided to... Just trying to incorporate um, such a cool concept, not knowing what benefit it would bring to my students. Mm-hmm. So that's for sure. Yeah, it's amazing how much they grow in a season, mm-hmm. um, and how much power it has behind that. So here is a question from our second student, um, Burke. Why is this about the Iditarod? So I will let you uh, lead off with that question. Okay. Well, the Iditarod is such a cool um, 
event. Um, one of the reasons why I love to kind of showcase the Iditarod in my classroom was mushers are the most generous people you will ever meet. Mm-hmm. They're all kind, and, you know, as teachers, we always kind of have to be um, just a little bit watchful of what types of things that we, you know, have our students get involved in because, you know, unfortunately we can't always trust professional athletes mm-hmm. in other sports arenas to, you know, yeah. just be... <laughs> <laughs> role models for our students and um, really the Iditarod and uh, the coverage that Iditarod.com has provided has you know been completely appropriate and really has been I think motivating for our students to like see what these dogs what these mushers go through um, it's just such a cool unique event um, I also liked it just because like I like I was saying it was it's just a you know a month of our school year. Right. So very it's small. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. small portion. Um, I think initially, you know, I did a ride, it was attractive to both of us because um, we are both dog lovers. Um, and so it's something that is easy for us to, um, it, it, to have a passion for. Um, I think as teachers, some of the best lessons that, that any of us teach is when you're passionate about it. And, mm-hmm. um, um, I think we fell in, um, I fell in love with the sport um, after that the dogs kind of brought us in um, because you do find that those are the, you know, we've had instances where mushers have sent you stuff and um, you don't get that with professional athletes and other sports necessarily um, because either they're on too big of a platform or whatever. But I think especially in this day and age, finding role models in the public eye is is not an easy thing to do. So I think you're spot on with that. I also think it's a sport that surprises the kids. Um, yeah. You know, and that's always fun. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, we, we give them um, mushers that they um, get to follow um, and watch. And we, we prep them and we warn them, like, there's potential that these mushers aren't going to make it to the end. And then there's that conversation of, what do you mean they're not going to make it to the end? Don't they all <laughs> make it to the end? And then um, the conversation is, well, this is a pretty tough race. And they realize throughout the stuff that they go through. And so I think it's very humbling for the kids mm-hmm. to kind of walk through that, which is always a good thing to go through so yeah it's so cool they become so attached to their mushers that they're following and that they made their mushing trading cards for (laughs) they're so sad i know i was like i always dread the day when i know there's a musher that has bowed out and it's like oh this is gonna crush the kids yeah Yeah, and um, and uh, yay for social media. That we don't often give a shout out for social media, but because of that, we have been able to connect mm-hmm. with a lot of the mushers. You That's know, been we've been huge. able to interview granddaughters of mushers. Yeah, we've had mushers who have answered qu- questions directly. Mm-hmm. We've been able to share our episodes out on social media, which has caught the attention of a lot of those mushers. So it's it's just been yeah. such and a cool And they've graciously ride. sent us stuff <laughs> yes. too, so yes. which is pretty cool. So. Awesome. Our next question comes from Oliver, and here is his question. What is your favorite part? All right, favorite parts. Um, My favorite part is honestly the joy of watching the kids grow through this whole podcast. I think there's a lot of things that I love about it. You know, there's the whole piece of me just selfishly really enjoying watching the Iditarod and, you know, kind of play out and watching some of your favorite mushers. But as a teacher, you know, it's one of the most rewarding jobs to see kids light up, um, kids that maybe struggle in reading and um, aren't excited to read, but when they start to research the Iditarod and, and to see them and hear them read fluently to thousands of people, is it's priceless. So. 
Yeah, mine's probably, you know, very similar to, to what you had said. You know, we speak all the time in, in education world about how important student engagement is. Um, but I think it's it's something so special to see when we're doing the Iditarod unit in the classroom. Literally, our classroom turns into a mini newsroom. And what's cool about it is everybody is in. I mean, like, everybody is on this united mission to, like, represent this event, to represent the podcast itself, and um, it's just really kind of a cool thing to see. One of my favorite memories of when I was still had my students producing it is we were on our way to a field trip, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I always said deadlines are very real, guys. If you don't have an episode produced for me by the end of the day, that doesn't go up. And <laughs> which I, is a tough reality which for is really, really tough. And so this whole piece of like I can't let the team down. You know, I had had learners who in the past really struggled to get their work done, really struggled just with you know meeting deadlines and and being organized and things like that. And this one in particular, we're on our way to, on a field trip, not related to the Iditarod, <laughs> just school forest, just a school maybe? forest field trip. Yep. And of course, everybody loves being on the bus because you're talking with your friends and just being silly and, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking out the window and so forth. And I look over and here is this little guy who is just, you know, working so hard to get that episode edited. He's on the <laughs> bus and mm-hmm. editing it with his little headphones on. And sure enough, by the time, I think it was like a 15 minute bus ride, the time we get there, he was ready to airdrop. And he's like, it's done. It's ready to go up, Mrs. Trepto. <laughs> Um, so that finished. was that was just really it's just so cool to see that and how much they grow throughout the entire experience and not just in their like well, you would expect for them to grow in their researching skills and their writing skills but their confidence is the one that really I just had not anticipated to see kids with their you know public speaking as they're hosting the podcast um, and just being able to like present in front of their peers like I just I I had not anticipated that that would be the case right. And, right. and that in itself makes this whole experience 100% worth it. Right, because it gets hard. It does get <laughs> As, really hard. Especially because it's a daily podcast. Yeah, I don't which... know if we've mentioned an episode a day. Yeah. Are we crazy with <laughs> no. 10-year-olds? Right, yeah. It's, it gets intense by the end of the season, but yeah. um, it's it's a lot of fun. So, um, But they feel that pressure, I think, uh, life skill. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to you know what else we have not mentioned is when we connected with Alaska Public Media. Oh, with. Yeah, I yes. mean, I feel like we have to give a shout out to their podcast. Yes, I did a pod. I did a pod, which yes. I think is starting up their fourth season. Yeah, they're one behind us. They're one behind us. I mean, we don't want to rub that in or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool that um, we connected with them at some point along this podcasting uh, partnership. And they've been just so, so gracious to give our students shout outs yeah. and to advertise our podcast on theirs. Um, they even actually played a small sample, yeah. um, as well as interviewed a couple of my students. And I think so. they have every season. Um, yeah. Because yeah, the kids are just shocked every time. They're like, what? Yeah. We're on a different podcast? Yeah. So, so um, that's definitely has been a highlight, not just in uh, this podcast, but honestly, in my career. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we talk all the time about how, oh, it's so important to connect our students to others around the world. And, and that's a prime example of how we've been able to do that. Yeah. And how impactful it can be. Yes. So, all right, all right moving in, on to the into next the question. podcast itself. Let's talk about that. How do you even make a podcast, right? Oh boy, <laughs> this one. Yeah. Um, so we are going to move into a, co- a question from Aurora, and I just love the way she questions us on this one. And so, just <laughs> take a listen. How do you make a podcast? Podcasts are really hard to make. I'm just saying, how do you make it? 
It could be a little hard because you got to add like a lot of notes. It can be really hard. <laughs> um, and I think we've portrayed that since the beginning, but I'm going to um, let you start off, Mrs. Trepto, with just the kind of behind-the-scenes makings of a podcast with a group of 10-year-olds um, and what that looks like. So Yeah, and it is. I mean, it, this is not an easy task for for anyone, but it's 100% um, a capable task of, of for anyone. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, the tools that our students have, every single one of our students in our district has, makes it Thank you, easier Steve. than ever <laughs> to create a podcast. Um, so the, the training that I had gone to was really using GarageBand. And um, if you've not checked out GarageBand, I highly recommend it. We were just having a conversation <laughs> of how it's got to be the most or like one of the most powerful if not the most powerful application the fact that you can do so much just as an app itself and then oh yeah you can also plug in instruments and do even more (laughs) it's like what um so so that that those tools like um GarageBand make it so that it is is much easier and then of course Miss Thompson and I work to create things that can be helpful for our students so like a simple template so that we have consistency in what we're saying in the intro and the outro and just a nice planning sheet so as students are collecting those stories from out on the trail they can um, compile them easily and then you know report on them accurately right into a script and all of those yeah. things yeah um, and I'm actually in a, a unique situation again this year I think this happened with season three as well where um, I'm teaching two reading classes, which is where we're kind of plugging this in at. And so I have two classes collaborating, but they don't meet at the same time. <laughs> so it's kind of an intriguing thing, but those planning sheets fall into place where it's like, I just leave those in the room where group one from both classes are looking at the same planning sheet um, and they see, you know, what the other team is working on. And um, so there's a lot of behind the scenes pieces. Uh, My room right now that we're sitting in is um, there's white paper all over the room that they're going to start covering with um, news stories and that type of stuff. Um, And they just have access to um, Iditarod.com and they um, early in the season, we always... um, take a look at that that website and how to dig into that and so there's research skills that go behind that as well so mini newsroom yeah Yeah. a mini newsroom communication so important especially with two classes yeah that's for sure (laughs) but the kids are going to realize and aurora is going to realize that um they actually mrs trepto came in um a couple weeks ago now um and taught them everything they need to know to make the podcast um with editing in GarageBand, and so we walked through all of the different fade in fade out cut and split and um those things which is really kind of the 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 meat of of the podcast and mm-hmm. they're going to figure that out as they dig in and they're going to realize it's although there is time constraints it's actually easier than than it appears i think mm-hmm. it's the time that makes it a little bit more difficult so awesome well let's move on a question from Max. How much editing is in the podcast? All right. So editing a podcast. Ideally, um, and, and more so, I think when you just have one class, it gets a little bit easier with editing. When you have two classes, it gets a little bit complex. But the goal is that the students are doing all of the editing. Trepto, you were a little bit more successful with this um, with your students than I have been. So sometimes I have to do a little bit of the editing depending on um, time and the two classes kind of merge together mm-hmm. because once one of my classes leaves, it gets sticky. So as far as how much editing, not a ton. 
Um, I, I, you know, it's just putting their music pieces that they create um, for our different intros and those kinds of things in. And then um, as far as recording goes, they do all the splitting and cutting. Um, and so it depends on, I guess, how long the episode is and that kind of thing. But editing is the tricky part, but it's not the whole part. Yeah. So. And when my kids were running it in teams, I always said that everybody had to try each role at least one time, but then eventually it's kind of cool to see how little roles evolved. So I would have kids who just picked up editing, like mm-hmm. super savvy in it. And so they, I was always amazed at how, how quickly they could get in and just be trimming, right. cutting, moving. And, and yeah, those are bells. We have those. Those are real. Our kids are run by bells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got about all 10 right. minutes. So. Yeah, all right. Yes. All right. Um, you said something about roles, um, the different roles. So what does that look like for our teams? What are the different roles involved? So we had, um, my, my class was divided into five teams, all named for checkpoints along the route. And I think you still kind of follow that same suit. Yep. Is that yep. correct? Yep. yep. And then uh, when it's your team's turn, so let's say that it is Takatna's team mm-hmm. uh, is in charge of um, producing the episode, we usually only would have two students be hosts, and then yep. the rest of the students, the other three, would either take on the role of researching, um, editing, or writing scripts. And, and sometimes those all would kind of like interchange, like sometimes the hosts were helping with some of those pieces as well. Um, so th- I never signed those. They just kind of naturally happened with where kids were more comfortable. However, like I previously said, everyone had to be a host at least one time. Right. Everyone had to do research. Everyone had to try editing. You know, we just want to give them that exposure to the, all of those different components and elements of what it takes to create a podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Editing also becomes very fun for them. So yeah. we have that to look forward to. Let's move on to the next question. From Landon. Um, do we talk in normal voice? Oh, great question, Landon. Um, this is something that we do talk about in class as far as a normal voice. Um, this is probably one of the most difficult things for the kids um, because they create these um, scripts um, that Felicity was talking about just a little while ago. And the goal is that it sounds just like what we're doing now, Mrs. Trepto and I, where it's just a conversation between two people. Um, and it's hard to kind of jump scripts sometimes and not just read it straight from um, the sheet. But um, the goal would be that we're talking just like we're talking to our friend mm-hmm. in yep. a classroom. Yep. Typically, at the first couple of episodes start out very structured and students are reading verbatim off of their sheet. And by the end of the season, I had kids just putting down talking points and having very casual conversations. Right. So that's the goal. Yeah. That is the goal. All right, let's take a look at a couple more questions, and then we will move into some of our questions. This is our last question from a student, and this comes from Carson. What app do we use? All right, what app do we use? Uh, We use GarageBand, which we talked about. That's kind of the sole um, center of our um, podcast and what they will use to edit and create and all that good stuff. Um, and then we use iditarod.com for research as well as I did a pod. They will sometimes listen to, to kind of pull some stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also use, um, Podbean, Podbean which hosts yeah. our RSS feed, gives yeah. us some analytics. Oh, which maybe we could ask that question. Perfect. Um, we did One also have question. a question from Alex <laughs> about that very thing. Um, so let's take a listen to him. What is the most amount of people that 
downloaded videos in a year. All right. Um, this is something I think that has been the humbling piece for the kids. Is this where we put in a drum roll? <laughs> Over the whole podcast, we have had... Almost 15,000 downloads. That's just incredible. And not just in the United States, but all All over. over Yeah. New Zealand and Australia. Um, We even had some in, well, a lot in Canada. Yeah. Canada, um, U.S. is obviously our our main area. Mongolia, Um, Finland, Sweden, France, Turkey. Spain, Brazil. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. so that's been Mexico really exciting. Too, yeah. So averaging out to be about how many per season? About 5,000 per season. Um, you know, we ran into an issue with space at the beginning. Um, <laughs> and so we're not quite sure if this is over over five years or over teacher four years. Teacher budgets. Yeah, teacher <laughs> budgets. And so um, there's only so much free space you get. Um, and, and, and then you we, have to start paying. Yeah, so we, start, we started paying, which whatever. But Worth um, it. Yeah. So we're not quite sure. We might might have a little bit more than that. I'm just going to assume we do because yeah. it's been pretty successful. So um, so thank you for those of you that are listening, and um, hopefully you turn tune in for our whole season five. We're going to move on to questions that um, kids don't always think about. Um, and the first and foremost, because we probably have some teachers out there listening, maybe wanting to take on a podcast um, or even just dig into the Iditarod itself. Um, we're more than willing to take questions on that. Um, you can email us at um, ikidapod at gmail.com uh, and ask away. Um, we also will take questions for our kids. Um, I'm kind of going off task here, but um, we will take questions that our kids can answer as well at that same one. But um, with that, I know teachers always think about it as well as administrators think about when we do crazy things like this. And my principal walks in, and I'm sure the first thing he's thinking is, how is this connected to um, our curriculum? And um, how does it fit in? So when you first started creating this, what was your thought process? How did you um, know you were meeting the standards, and, and what was your focus? So I'm in my sweet spot when what I'm covering in class kind of goes into all of my curriculum and it all just becomes this total consuming because I think that's, you know, how kids learn best. It's not like, okay, just shut everything down. Now we have to move on to this subject. It all just kind of can blend. Um, So, I mean, research, of course, that's a a core skill that we work at at every level with our students. Fluency, um, reading. I mean, there's so many incredible books and literature out there about the Iditarod and just about, you know, dog care and in winter kind of adventure and survival stories so it's so easy to bring those in and find appropriate leveled books for your students but again it's all kind of on that same sort of topic right even within math you know talking about gosh you know how do they get this energy and, and how many calories do they need and and what you know I love Iditarod.com and they help us out with that whole GPS tracker and then they start to do some of the math there with figuring out how much ground they covered and how fast they're going and Your can start speed. to make some really yep. cool predictions as we near the end of the race <laughs> you know so it's it's incredible how much your curriculum can fit into it it really just takes you to just kind of take a step back and really just start to kind of connect all of those pieces together yeah for sure. Um, and I think, you know, um, the big thing in my unit, um, we, we have a curriculum that we use in the, the third piece of um, the unit that that I kind of um, veered from and, and put it in the Iditarod in that spot was on um, public speaking, which um, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm pretty sure my kids are publicly speaking further than any other classroom because they're reaching farther. So, um 
it's definitely hitting different curriculum points and um, probably more so than other pieces just because we're passionate about it. But you um, also created something pretty cool that other teachers can easily use um, if you want to share a little bit about that. Yes. So if you just in general are interested in maybe tying in some of the Iditarod, I know that there's a lot of classrooms across the country and really across the world who who use the Iditarod as a a unit in their classroom. Um, I do have a publication out on Apple Books. Um, It is free. Yay. And it is just called Bringing the Iditarod to the Classroom. And so there's all kinds of activities that we use with our students in there with templates. All the materials are right there ready to roll for you including a little chapter on podcasting and how to get that started. I think I even have the scripts yep. kind of in there, or not the script, but the templates. The template is yeah. in there, yeah. Yeah, so, so check that out. You know, this you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> There's no sense in all of us trying to kind of recreate the wheel. Yeah. Um, teachers are the best for begging, borrowing, and stealing. So, yes. Yes. so go take it. It's, it's free on Apple Books. Again, bringing the idea to the classroom. Awesome. Um, Taking a look at our next question, we know and hope that some teachers are listening. Um, And one of the biggest concerns as teachers, we do, we already do a lot of work outside of the classroom, right? So um, when you do a a project like this, um, how much time do we have to put in and out of the classroom? And and do we get other things done while we're in the middle of the podcast? (laughs) Um, And yes, um, and it it ultimately, the students are, um, you know, the the students getting it completed during class is a huge help, um, and it all depends on what's going on. Like today, I'm taking my students over to the middle school because they have a music um, rehearsal today, and that always adds chaos. Fourth grade seems to be traveling a lot in the spring, and so those days get difficult because then a little bit more comes on the teachers um, as far as outside of the classroom, but I will say probably 90% of the time the podcast is up by 4.30, um, and I'm, I'm out the door and, and doing different stuff. Um, so I would say for the most part, there's not, um, if you prepare your students um, to, to do it on their own and give mm-hmm. them that, because I think the biggest thing as teachers when we do things with technology is we kind of hold them in. Um, but I think with this, if you, if you just let them um, just let go a little bit, um, which I learned in my first year with this podcast is just let go and, and let them create and they do pretty amazing things. And if you're willing to do that, it's actually less work for you. So, All right. That's the bell. I was just going to add quickly, it, it does take time. It's a little bit consuming. But when you see the benefits of what it does for your students, why would you not want to provide that experience for your students? Yes. Um, and, you know, we too are part of a team with our kids. I didn't want to let my kids down by not getting that episode up and published to Podbean. I would have felt horrible. Right. Um, but one of my favorite things to, to note is that kids go home and they're engaged all night. They'll rush in and first thing out of their mouth in the morning is what happened overnight or, you know, the latest story on the trail. I mean, they are just so consumed with it. It's just so cool to see your kids that excited. It's almost like they don't know they're learning. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Which is the best kind of learning. The best part, yeah. Yeah. Um, And they're sharing with their parents. Like at fourth grade, we're right at that border of like, (laughs) it's too cool to share things with your parents. But I just had parent-teacher conferences last week and Every parent, when I when I brought up the Iquitapod, they're like, oh, yeah, they're telling me all about it. And so um, conversations are happening at home, too, which I think with technology at home is sometimes that's right. difficult to get fourth graders to talk. So. so anytime you can engage students and families, that's like a double win. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So um, 
So tune in. Yeah. Awesome. And send us your questions. Our yes. kids want work. I kid, <laughs> I pod at gmail.com. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, I kid a pod is a podcast brought to you by kids after this one. Um, and it's designed, <laughs> researched, and um, edited by them. And so please tune in to season five. Um, this is just the beginning. And take a look at the 48th I Did Woo! All right. Yeah. See you later. Go, dogs! Go, dogs! <laughs>